when it comes to automated testing, there are some best practices that we can follow. Uh, really good practice is to break tests into small chunks if you can. Um, for one, it's much easier to record a small test. It takes less time to record a small test. It's also easier to maintain small tests, especially if you have to go in and make a change to it. Uh, you basically have to go in and re-record that test, so it's easier to maintain them. Uh, and also, you can mix and match them a little bit more easily, too. So you, uh, if you've built a, a series of tests for sales or shipping, for example, if you break it up into three or four tests, then you can try different variations of data with the sales orders, uh, different customers, different items. Uh, you could change the process slightly so that in one scenario, you're doing a partial shipment, in one scenario, you're doing a complete shipment, but then you can actually reuse the original test case of creating that sales order. One of the best practices you can do is that you can leverage the formulas in Excel to randomize data or to build concatenations of data. Um, really important if you're gonna be testing, say, creating a customer. Um, then uh, Microsoft has a check built into it when you create a customer that it will look for duplicate customers in the database before it lets you create it. So you could build a formula that uh, uh, concatenates a random number with a customer name, and so you can repeat that test as many times as you want. Um, we also want to try to control the variables as much as possible. So um, if you're if your main business process that you want to test is creating a sales order or a purchase order, for example, uh, it is a good practice to go ahead and create that master data as part of the scenario that you're doing. Uh, and the big reason for that is because you don't know if the variables surrounding the customer will be the same when you copy your database from production as when you recorded the test originally. Uh, so a good example is credit limits. If a customer happens to be over their credit limit, or say under their credit limit when you recorded the test, but when you play back the test during an update, they're over their credit limit, then the test is going to fail uh, for an unexpected reason that you weren't anticipating when you recorded that test originally. So it's good practice to, uh, if you're gonna create a sales order, create the customer first, set the credit limit on the customer, and then run the test after that. Another best practice is to reset your usage data so uh, and your personalization. So your uh, usage data and personalizations uh, affect the behavior of the system and how uh, certain forms are displayed, what the default view of certain forms is, and if you record the test in a different default view then it gets played back in, then that can also cause the test to fail as well uh, as an artificial failure. Some automated testing tools that we have, uh, Microsoft provides one called RSAT, it stands for Regression Suite Automation Tool. It is a free tool. It comes with Dynamics 365 uh, Finance and Supply Chain. Uh, and it's relatively easy to use. It uses the built-in task recorder. Uh, it gives you fairly basic automated testing functionality. Uh, it is a sort of a desktop-based application that integrates with DevOps and then it integrates with D365. Uh, it's a little bit uh, um, difficult to get set up. Uh, and I would call it probably like the Chevy of automated testing tools because it covers the basics very well, but it doesn't go very deep into uh, what you might want in your automated testing program. There is another tool that's out there called Executive Automates. Uh, this is an ISV, they're a web-based application. Uh, if you were looking for the Cadillac of automated testing, this would be them. Uh, unlike a lot of other um, automated testing applications, Executive Automates is dedicated to the FNO space. So they didn't build it for websites in general. 
they built it to work with FNO. Um, so any updates that come down the pipeline, if there's an incompatibility, they've got developers that are working on uh, new feature functionality. For example, the new grid controls, uh, Executive Automate's actually got um, their web-based application working with the new grid controls before the RSAT team caught up with it. So you would have to actually go in and disable the new grid control to run your automated test using RSAT, uh, but you wouldn't have to do that with Executive Automate. Um, it uh, provides a lot of other functions like ability to uh, loop through a test uh, using an Excel spreadsheet with multiple rows of data, uh, different data variations. You can do if-then conditions to do branching of your tests. Uh, you can also do negative tests where uh, an error message, for example, will not cause the test to fail if you're expecting the error message. You can tell it actually, we want to we want to push the system into a negative scenario, and if it it's an error message, that means it's a pass. <clears throat> it can also validate report output. Uh, you can do some other cool things with it, like uh, uh, performance testing um, and robotic process automation as well. Um, and it is a lot easier to manipulate and copy and record the tests with Executive Automates as well. It's basically, uh, you, you log into the website, uh, you record the tests, or you, you, you start recording the test, it opens D365, you walk through the steps, uh, you save it, and that's it, you're done. With RSAT, it's a little bit more long-winded because DevOps is kind of sitting in the middle and you have to load the test into DevOps and then open in the desktop application and load them in there. Um, so it's a little more long-winded, um, but still a perfectly good tool. Uh, and if you have basic testing requirements, uh, then it's definitely a good option. <clears throat>